Welcome to the Godly Chit Chat. Pastor, is it pastor, is it minister, is it reverend? Because I did my research, but they call you all of them. They call me all of them, but it's officially pastor. It's officially pastor. Okay. Welcome to the Godly Chit Chat, Pastor Tucker. What they call you, Pastor G, Pastor, what they call you, Pastor Tucker, Pastor Javon. Anything, you call me Pastor Tucker, Pastor G, whatever feels more comfortable. I'm flexible okay, like okay. that. Okay, and Bible study, we just, I, I feel like I'll be aggressive sometimes, <laughs> but it's really just because I'll be having somewhere to go, but yeah. <laughs> but we be calling you, we just be calling you Minister, what's up, Javon, which I, I appreciate that, that um, you still, like, for the ministry that you have, you still open up that window of friendship. Yeah. Because so, it, ain't, it ain't, and I tell people all the time, it's not easy, because trust me, I've, I've experienced a little bit of everything, betrayal, all of that. But at the same time, you can't have a hardened heart because Jesus mm. didn't have a hardened heart. Okay. See, you already dropping gems. I'm so excited. I'm so happy that you agreed to do the podcast with me. And I feel like uh, you're going to be a really good guest. You're my first male guest. I want you just to tell people a little bit, just to start off about like who you are, like where you're from, what's your age. You a pastor. So where do you pastor at? Okay, so my name is Javon. I'm putting my full government. It's Javon DeHilas Tucker. Now Ooh. you ain't gonna be able, you ain't gonna be able to spell my middle name. I'm gonna tell you that right off the bat because it ain't spelled how it sounds. It's not. Uh, it's not. It's not spelled with a D H. No. Okay. Right. Yeah. It's so, <laughs> I was born and raised in Inkster, Michigan. For those of you who do not know where that is. It's a small town, I would say about 20, 25 minutes away from Detroit. Okay. Uh, born and raised there. Uh, recent graduate from Michigan State University. Gang, uh, gang, go green. BA, go white, with the uh, BA in psychology, two minors in youth and society and religious studies. Um, as she stated, I am a pastor. I am, this actually in April will be my first year of fully pastoring wow uh, congratulations yes thank you it's uh the church name is christian faith outreach ministry uh we really are a brand new church so we're trying to get it off the ground get it up and jumping um been pastoring there for a full year small congregation but we're still growing teaching the word of god love people love god um okay. Are you the um, head pastor there, or I'm the yeah, I'm the senior pastor. Nah, yes, I'm the yes, I'm, I'm over. I was my grandmother before she passed. She was the pastor, and I was the assistant pastor, youth pastor, if you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And then after her passing, the church voted, and they voted for me to be the senior pastor. And wow! After much prayer consideration, because. Like most things, and I'm going to tell people, anytime God calls you to do something, most of the time you're going to have reservations and Mm -hmm. you're really not going to want to do it because I really didn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, But after praying about it, seeking God, fasting, God was like, yeah, because I have not called you anywhere else. This is where you need to be in this season of your life. It could be a permanent thing. It could be a seasonal thing. But however long, I just want to be obedient to God. So, yes, I am the senior pastor of everything. Wow, senior pastor. Wow, congratulations, because I didn't know that. So I feel even more honored and like 
learning, um, just knowing you for the small time that I have and knowing just a little bit about your story. God really works in a mysterious way. So congratulations to you. And how old are you? Are you comfortable telling people how old you are? Oh, yeah. I, I'm 22. Okay. I'm 22 and three-fourths. I'm about to be 23 April 8th. So oh, April's okay. really, April really is a big month because that's my anniversary and my birthday month at the same time so right right wow that's great that's why my i love november because i got baptized the day before i was born uh, the day before my birthday so it'd be the same thing for me too it's like my my christian rebirth and then my actual birthday so yeah 20 uh, so a 22 year old pastor my home church that i still fellowship and technically still a member of is the rumless community baptist church Mm-hmm. that church my grandmother basically my whole family we were and still are members of that church going on almost 50 years mm, okay um, and the pastor of that church which is my pastor that i was born under his leadership baptized all of that uh pastor Hyman mcburrows jr um and if you've never heard of him go on youtube facebook whatever research because when i tell you that man is a powerful preacher and prophet mm-hmm. It, it can't get no better than him. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I grew up in that church, uh, Rums Community Baptist Church, all my life. Uh, served in the choir, singing male chorus with my father. Um, and even now, as even as a minister, I still go back uh, to visit and to preach and to do whatever they need me to do. Um, and I will never forget, actually, a lot of people don't know, but it was Pastor McBurrow's I will never forget it. He told the entire church that this young man is going to be a preacher one day. God's going to call him to preach. Wow. And At five? Bet- I was, between five and six. I'm not sure the timeline, but I know I was really young. Mm-hmm. And I was, my mind, I'm like, I know he's not talking to me because I didn't want to be no preacher. For one, I hated public <laughs> speaking. Still to this day, I kind of do. I didn't like to be in the front you know, I, I'm more of a person. I like to be in the back to chill, let other people take the lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm like, oh, he he got to be lying. Unless he's talking mm-hmm. about my father, which that's going to be a miracle in itself. But I'm, I, I don't want to preach. I don't want to do this. And over time, uh, as I started to grow and mature, then my grandmother, who was pastor and a preacher, uh, she even prophesied over me and my uncle. He was also a pastor preacher. I never forget. I was in, I, th- I believe I was in Kroger's. I was just walking one day and I had on my Adidas fit and all that wasn't dressed up or nothing. And this lady, she came to me and she said, young man, are you a preacher? I said, no. She said, well, I can mm. just feel the anointed all over you. I'm like, what is you feeling? Cause what, what, you, what you, what you talking about lady? Don't be on that weird stuff. Um, <laughs> but that that's just, that's for real. And at the age of, 16 because that's when God really started to move in my life to start revealing things to me it was at age 16 where I submitted myself to God and answered the calling that he had on my life Mm -hmm. to be a minister of the gospel now let me backtrack just a little bit Uh, very few will remember this but it was actually in the third grade where I really met Jesus on a first hand basis. Okay. When I really met him because my third grade teacher, my favorite teacher of all time, Mrs. Shirley Brewer, 
You don't um, never forget the teacher name. I never forget it. Um, <laughs> her and the teacher assistant, Mr. Scott, and then we also had an elderly lady. Uh, we called her Grandma Brown. In that classroom, when I say we used to have church as third graders, I had my Bible and my anointing oil inside my desk because my grandmother, and I believe Romans eight twenty eight, all things will work together for the good of them who love the Lord's call according to His purpose. Because back then, I really could not understand it now. But now I understand that all of that was lining up to set me up for where I am now in my life. Christmas Eve, 2007. Mm-hmm. My grandmother, she took me, my mom, my sister, with her, we rode with her to the Bible bookstore. And she handed me a Bible. Now, you handing an eight-year-old a Bible, my first thought is, I, for one, I didn't like to read back then. I'm like, why are you giving me a Bible? You remember what version was it? Because if it was a new King James, I'd have been upset too. It was King James. Yeah, like I'm not it reading was, this. <laughs> I, and I, King for one, it was King James, and I didn't barely could be. <laughs> I was the only one who received a Bible for Christmas that year. But I'm thinking in my head, why would you give me a Bible? Mm-hmm. Not knowing starting in January of that year, 2008. That's when God really began to move within me in my life, in the lives of others. And when I tell you, I technically, depending on who you talk to and who you ask, I technically started preaching in the third grade. Mm, Because my teacher, she would, whenever we had free time, she would say, Javon, give us one of your sermons. And I remember my actual first trial sermon back then, the title of it was, Don't Go to Hell. <laughs> <laughs> you know the... the, the I had that mango, the title. The mango. Mango. I said, Don't Go to Hell. And... Um, not Jesus loves me. Not uh, us. <laughs> oh, because I was casting out demons back then. We said, we ain't doing this. Amen. And... I never forget the illustration that I use. It's kind of ironic even today. Uh, I held two books. I held our textbook. I held a textbook and then I had, it was a little thin, but I'm going to use these pieces of paper. It was real thin. I said, in your Christian walk, even though we are not sinless people, and I'm paraphrasing because I'm not saying exactly how I said it back then, but I'm kind of paraphrasing to what I said. I said, even though we're not sinless people and we may mess up at times, your sin should never be this thick if you're a Christian. Your sin should be this thick, this thick, right? Because for one, Jesus has died and set us free from our sins. Nevertheless, that does not give us the reason or the authority to sin willingly. Because then we are abusers of his grace. And I'm just paraphrasing what I said back then, because uh, I, I I guarantee you I said some more wilder stuff back then, but I didn't care. I was not trained correctly at the time. Right. Um, and I would never forget one particular day um, when I say the glory of God was thick in that classroom. My teacher she brought she bought us all anointing oils. And I had got my mom, I really had stole my mom's oil because my mom used to have one. I took her to school mm-hmm. and I anointed everybody in the classroom. 
And this one particular girl, she um, was in poverty, really. Didn't really have a lot. And I felt a heavy weight on her. Mm-hmm. So I anointed her and laid hands. And when I laid hands, I'll never forget, she fell out. Wow. And, at your young age. At my young age. And I'm about eight, because this is in 2008, early 2008. So I'm between like eight and nine when this is happening. And my teacher, um, she came over to me, her and the teacher assistant, Mrs. Scott, and they laid hands on me, was praying for me. And next thing I knew, I'm on the ground. And mm-hmm. make the long story short, I had a revelation. I was in heaven. I'll never forget it. It was clear as day. And my grandmother, my other grandmother, my dad's mom, who passed three years prior, I seen her. And make the long story short, I came across these mansions. And I seen everybody mansions built. Mm-hmm. And where the addresses usually are on houses, if you know, they had people names. When I came across mine, I had my name, but my house wasn't built. Mm. But the foundation was laid. Mm-hmm. And so back then, I, I was questioning, I asked my grandma, I said, what does that mean? I, all these other houses, they were built and complete. They looked nice, but yet mine, it just had the foundation. And now I realized that at that time, the foundation was being laid for me. However, it was over time that my mansion was going to get built as I continue to do God's will and his work. And mm-hmm. when the mansion is now completed, that's when he has called. When I did everything that he has called and commanded me to do, that's when the mansion will be completed. And that's when he will call my name and say, servant, you've been faithful over a few. Come on home and rest. I ain't mean to preach, but... I'm over here, right? You are. I'm writing notes. I'm but, like, oh my goodness. Uh, and ever since then, and as I began to go in the middle school and high school, I kind of teetered a little bit because other kids, because I knew something was special about me. I really could not pinpoint it, even though I had that experience. And in the same way, I was kind of embarrassed. Right, because when you're dealing with other kids and you start talking about God, Jesus, and church and all that, they gonna look at you funny because they ain't they ain't into all of that. And it wasn't until I got into high school to where the Lord began to deal with me again, and I knew I I could not run this time. Mm. Right, I couldn't say I was too young. Right, because Jesus Himself, He started His ministry at 12 years old when He was in the temple preaching. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was technically of age, and even though some people say, well, you know, they're too young, they don't have no experience, God does not call the qualified, but he qualifies the call. And so I had to learn. Okay. (laughs) And so I had to learn to not base my life and what God has instructed me to do based on if people will approve it or not, whether they like me or not, but ultimately I have to get his approval. Because as long as he gives me that yes, that's all that matters. And August 8, 2015, I was licensed as a minister of the gospel. And I've been preaching ever since. Have I had some stumbles along the way? Oh, yes, I have. Because there was even a time where I even thought about leaving ministry. Life was happening. It's not till you get on your own that you really discover him for who he really is. Yeah, because it's easier to serve him when you have that surrounding uh, support. However, when you're all by yourself, 
Mm-hmm. That's when you really find out who God is. And when I got to campus, uh, I was really wild. I was doing things that a preacher should not be doing. I right. was out every weekend. Okay, so let's talk about this. Why? What do you think happened? Well, let me put it like this. He ain't tapped me on the shoulder. He grabbed me by the collar and yanked me or something. Oh. Pull yourself together. But to answer your question, technically it did not start when I went to MSU because it started that summer before. Mm-hmm. Because around that time I was applying to colleges and it wasn't going my way as I would have thought because my test score wasn't as high and seeing where other people were at that moment in my life and seeing where I was and then having all this negativity attack me at the same time, the pressures of life really started to hit me hard. I started smoking weed, hanging around the wrong people. They introduced me. I was stressed out. They were like, Devon, just hit this one time. And that led from me smoking to now drinking, right? Mm -hmm. And so I would go out, get drunk, uh, matter of fact, I used to make jungle juice, and I used to make the jungle juice so dangerous to where you couldn't even taste the liquor or know it was liquor in it. Spiraling, really spiraling out of control, and I remember because at the same time, even though I was doing it, because I still loved God, but even in my service in ministry, I people didn't know it, but I was kind of taking a step back because it was at this time and life was still happening. I was still being stressed, dealing with anxiety, even mm-hmm. depression to a certain degree. And yeah. the sin scene, it was pleasing me. I went, let me rephrase that. It wasn't pleasing me, but it was numbing my pain. Kept happening to one certain night. Um, a friend of mine, he was having a party. We were celebrating his birthday. Uh, we were smoking weed. They had this pen. It was the first time I was introduced to the vape pens. In my knowledge, I think the weed was laced. They say it wasn't, but I think it was laced. I was smoking the weed because he had a bowl. I was still hitting the pen, all of that. And all of a sudden, I sat down on the futon, and I could not move. I knew at that moment I was under demonic attack. Mm -hmm. My body kept shaking, and my eyes rolled to the back of my head. I could not control nothing. And all of a sudden, I kept laughing uncontrollably. Now, in my spirit, I knew something is wrong. Now, my body, my flesh is is doing something that I'm not used to because I know weed. Weed ain't never made me feel like this. And only thing that I can cry out, Lord, save me. Mm -hmm. I kept repeating that. My friends, they they kept laughing, recording, thinking everything ha-ha funny, but I knew that something was really wrong. I said, Lord, save me. And I kept repeating that until... I finally calmed down and I stood up and fell flat on my face. I even had my glasses on because I wore glasses at the time too. And my vision was blurred. Lord told me, he said, if you keep doing this, keep playing with me. You're going to go to hell. Keep playing with me. I hold you to a higher, as a minister, I'm holding you to a higher standard. Mm -hmm. These people you doing all these activities with, you're supposed to be leading them to the path of righteousness. But instead of leading them, you're joined into their antics. Mm-hmm. It's time for you to straighten up. And on that day, I cried out. I said, Lord, I don't want to be lukewarm no more. I want to be totally yours. I want to be free from this. Lord, take the desires out of my heart. Take the taste out of my mouth. Whatever it takes. And from that day to now, about three years 
have not touched it since. But I had to make the choice. Am I going to really serve God and be for real about this? Even though I was already serious about my walk with Christ, but was I really intentional about it? Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's, that's the difference. That's the difference. Are you... Anybody, because if you go to church, you have any and everything in the church. There are a lot of people who claim God, mm -hmm. but yet it's difference between claiming him and serving him. Mm -hmm. Was my life really, really uh, an example of me really serving him? And so I had to make that that choice. And now people, they would say, well, G really changed. And at first I'm like, no, nah, I ain't changed. But then I had to check myself. I'm like, no, you did change. Because if you if you keep saying that you have not changed as an individual, then you are opening the door for the enemy to lure you back in to where God has set, already set you free from. Mm -hmm. And one thing that we cannot do is allow the environment that we are in to bring us back into the bondage that God has already freed us from. And so ever since that, and I, I know I'm preaching, you're supposed to be asking me questions. Um, okay. <laughs> and you just know. over here just preaching the word. But, but and and people, and, and for some people, they may not think much of that. It's like, okay, well, he did a little of this. That ain't nothing. You don't know the story. Because if you do the background, <laughs> if you really knew the background behind this, had I kept doing what I was doing, especially people who were close to me doing those things, family and friends, I mm -hmm. could have turned out to another uh, statistic. Yeah. Could have went totally left. My life, mm -hmm. right? You won't even know my name, who I am. I would not be doing what I am doing now had I given up, allowed the enemy to swallow me up with the sinful nature that he has but because I yielded to God and said, God, I want to be free from this. Mm -hmm. Jesus says he's knocking at our door. However, it's up to us to let him in. He does not barge in. He does not force himself because we have free will. Mm -hmm. Now, what you're going to do with that free will, that's on you. Mm -hmm. But I'm done. That's, that's just a little background. <laughs> For me, and ever since then, and, but what I can say, when I really decided to be intentional about my walk with Christ, right, when I repented from it, mm -hmm. when I decided to really walk with him and walk uh, in his presence, when I tell you doors began to open, mm -hmm. ways started to be made, circumstances started to change, all because I was trying to be, I, not trying, but I was being intentional about my walk with Christ for real. Yeah. Because I didn't want to I didn't want to be like some of these fake preachers out here doing any and everything but then still trying to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ because not only do you taint your name but also you're tainting God because mm -hmm. you're supposed to be his representative. You're, yeah, we're his representation for sure. And even though listen, I'm I'm Jesus said our righteousness is that of a filthy rag. I'm no better than you, you're no better than me. But one thing I want people to learn is to learn from my mistakes, to not go down the same path, right? Mm -hmm. I used to hear my mom all the time, I I'm never going to teach you or tell you wrong because I don't want you to make the same mistakes I did. Now, even though I'm not a parent, now I get it. Mm -hmm. Because that could have been prevented. But because I decided to follow the wrong crowd, listen to the wrong people, have them in my ear telling me, 
because I cannot tell you the amount of times those same individuals, and God is good because certain people that you think you need in your life, you really don't. You come on. Yeah. You really you because those people that was that I was hanging with then I barely talk to now. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I don't even know if I still got their number in my phone, but it really don't make me no difference because God has called me to something greater than where I was. And during that season of development and growth and change, I still had people come to me and say, gee, you know what? I know you're preaching all that, you're serving God, but you can still come out, you can still smoke weed with us, you can still go to strip club with us, you can still get drunk with us, you can do all of this, and then, you know, just go to church on Sunday and repent. But why would I, because a lot of people, especially young Christians, new Christians, we think that, and I remember hearing this in a barbershop talk, one barber said, if I don't sin, then Jesus died for nothing. That ain't the case. He died to save you from your sins. Mm-hmm. He didn't die for you to keep on sinning. Yeah. Because then we are abusers of his grace. Never abuse the grace that God has over your life because your grace period does run out. And that's that's something that the I feel like has been tainted in our society and in the Christian world and the atmosphere. Like growing up at my Baptist church, it was basically kind of like said that, like, you know, we're we're not supposed to sin, but if you do, it's all right. Very, very lukewarm church. Like, you need to just come and repent your sins. And like they wasn't holding people accountable of trying to break those demons from you, trying to what turn away. How do you be intentional about turning away from sin? It was just like heavy on the repentance, heavy on forgiving, you know, heavy on you don't want to go to hell, so you need to stop. But if you don't Sex is everywhere, drugs is everywhere, and it's a normal thing. And if you talk about it, then you're you're offending people. You in the wrong. You we are as Christians, we're supposed to hold one another accountable. Mm-hmm. Because accountability is different from being judgmental. And we have mm-hmm. confused the two. Righteous judgment, if you want to put it like that, is judging the sin. Because the sin you in order to hold you accountable, you have to address that the sin is wrong, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm telling you what you're doing is wrong, but even though I'm trying to tell you what you're doing is wrong, and what I love most about the word of God is that it will tell you how to get right, how to get free, how to get delivered from this, because all of this is really a daily journey. It takes steps. Mm-hmm. It, it won't happen overnight, but we're so busy looking at the downfall of people that we're not trying to take time to build them up. Mm-hmm. To at least bring them to our level. It's one particular individual. And I am careful about always praying for those connected to me, family and friends, even associates. It was one particular individual. This was over a year ago. Um, I prayed over him and for him. And he don't even know it. I said, Lord, take the taste of weed out of his mouth. Because not only was he smoking it, but he was also, well, he is still selling it. I said, Lord, take the taste of weed out of his mouth and that desire from his heart, not just from smoking, but also, Lord, so that he will no longer sell it, Mm -hmm. but that he will totally give himself over to you. It's been, I believe, since October, since he stopped smoking Mm -hmm. to the point now where he don't even like the smell of it. Now, it took time. Mm -hmm. I prayed that over a year ago. Most people, even though he kept doing it, 
they'll be just well he still smoke he still sell okay i understand that i get that it's it's not right but i'm looking for the long-term effect i'm not looking yeah. for something to happen overnight because most things that happen instantly you will fall back into that into that trap as quickly as you try to get out of it mm-hmm. so i'm looking for a long-term thing now has he stopped smoking and don't like the smell and the taste no more yes is he still selling it and need deliverance from that yes he does but just like god took time to really free him from that i'm looking for god to take time to free him from the other part of it mm-hmm. so it takes time and one thing as an individual i always position myself where i can help someone else i have this accountability accountability group i think we got what 20 guys right now uh, where we hold ourselves accountable, um, when we feel low in our spirits, when when temptation is really rising and we feel as though we're about to give in, we talk to one another. I have yeah. minister friends. We talk when we uh, feel as though temptation, even with sex, because it's real issues. But I don't know why we, as the body of Christ, feel as though we shouldn't discuss. We should discuss it because that's how you get healing. That's how you get yeah. free from it. That's how you are able to help someone else. And as long as you can find that one person that you can really trust, that you can talk to, that you can hold accountable and they can hold you accountable, you want to make sure that you are always connected to them. Mm -hmm. It's good to have a therapist, a counselor, whatever, but you still need somebody to walk with you on this Christian journey. Yeah. Um, Community, godly community is so important. That's like, that's, is very helpful and, and that's what I've learned as I've been praying and I've been getting intentional friendships now God is really blessing me to have friends and people that come into my life that are my accountability partners that I can be honest with and especially in today's time I can t- look on my phone and find out more information that I ever thought that was accessible to me mm-hmm you can simply be Googling something, right, and go on a link or a picture, whatever, and keep strolling through. Or even on social media, I'll give Instagram an example. You can be strolling through, minding your own business, and all of a sudden, that one image, that one video, right, that is toxic, that displays sin, wrongdoing, mm-hmm. all of that, that catches your eye to where now, okay, you got this one video, it leads you to something else and to something else. It's like a chain effect, right? Yes. But we have to be able, be willing to take a stand and to teach what is right and what is wrong. Mm-hmm. Whether people or not, whether they want to listen, because at the end of the day, once I've given you biblical information to help you on your Christian walk, it's up to you whether or not if you want to take it. Mm-hmm. Because then your blood is no longer on my hands. And God cannot question me. Well, why didn't you tell him? Why didn't you, you know what is right. You're living the right life, but yet you had the opportunity to tell them and to help them. But yet you you stood back because you didn't want to make them feel like you're judging them or being aggravating. All of, no, right. we can't do that. We have to tell people what the word of God says, mm-hmm. what's right and wrong. Because once I tell you and you stand before God, you can't hold me accountable because now mm-hmm. it's all on you because you knew right from wrong, mm-hmm. but yet you chose to do wrong. And so we have to learn how to have those tough conversations. We have to learn how to address it. It's not always bad because Jesus, he really did not care what people thought about him. 
I'll give the example when the scribes and Pharisees found this woman committed the act of adultery, right? Mm-hmm. They came to him. They said, Rabbi, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The, the law says we should stone her to, to death, but we want to see what you say about it. Jesus went back to like a four-year-old, began to play in the dirt, in the sand. And they kept calling him, Rabbi, Rabbi, the law says do this, but we want to see what you say about it. So he got up. He said, okay, he was without sin. Get the throne. And he mm-hmm. went back down playing in the dirt. Because truth be told, if he had to stone her for committing adultery, he had to stone each and every one of them because they was watching it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Because what is adultery? Adultery is sex. So that means they was watching pornography. Mm-hmm. How are you going to catch somebody in the act of doing something? Right. Hello. What was y'all doing? What was you doing? Mm-hmm. And they all left one by one. And he asked her, he said, well, where's y'all accusing? He, she said, I have none. And so he told her, he said, well, go. But catch this, he said, go and sin no more. Mm-hmm. I know what you did is wrong. What you're doing is wrong. However, your, your job, even when you fall short into sin, because the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, even when you fall short, your responsibility is to say, Lord, you know what I'm struggling with. You know what I like that it goes against your word. I need you for to one, forgive me of my sins as I repent and ultimately to set me free from this, mm-hmm. to cleanse my, creating me a, a clean heart and a right spirit. But one thing about it, when we do it, we have to believe that he has already forgiven us. Yeah. In Micah, the seventh chapter, I believe it's the seventh or 17th chapter, it says that God throws our sins into the depths of the sea, mm-hmm. the sea of forgetfulness. Once you repent, God ain't like us when we keep breaking. Mm, you know what she did. Mm, right. She was with, you know what he did. You know what they say about it? God don't do that. Once he, once mm-hmm. you repent of it, he throw it away. He don't even bring it up no more. Because he got bigger and better things for you to do and bigger and better things for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just thought about when you were talking about Instagram and stuff. One social media that's really good at um, just exposing is TikTok. Like exposing these kids at such a young, at a young age to the to the world because it's like, I'm, have you heard of the show Euphoria? Actually, a friend of mine was telling me to watch that last night, and I told him. Don't I watch it. Don't watch. Don't watch it. Okay. I, I, I know about it. Yeah. They trying to set you up. You need to tell them that because it's terrible. And mm-hmm. on TikTok, they even got this challenge where adults, I assume are adults, um, but they act like they're going to school. It's called the Euphoria High Challenge, and then they change, and the clothes is really provocative, and it was, and it's like me going to Euphoria High. I'm like, now, if this is a euphoria, if this is set up like a high school, why are you dressing provocative? But TikTok is used, the average age of TikTok users is 11. So mm-hmm. imagine that popping up on kids' euphoria, I mean, on their, you know, random page, like you said, just scrolling. And now they want to know what this is. They're going to look it up. And they didn't got exposed that quick. And it's, mm-hmm. it's terrible. Um, I Last week, I gave in and watched 20 minutes, and I got off. I said, absolutely not. I just because I it was just too it was too much. Mm-hmm. We really have to pray for the spirit of discernment. Mm-hmm. Because everything that looks good and seems harmless, even though it, it pleases you, it would taint your spirit. Mm-hmm. 
we have to be careful of what we allow ourselves to indulge in, not even just what we watch, but also what we listen to. Mm-hmm. Because music and TV are the two easiest ways to access a person's mind mm-hmm. based off of what you're seeing and what you're hearing. Mm-hmm. So if I listen, I'm going to give an example. I don't really listen to rap music like that. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I still did listen you to my J. Oh, no, I never did. Oh, okay. Even growing up as a, as a young kid, I never really listened to rap. Some of these rappers now, I don't even know their names. Mm-hmm. Um, only people that I listen to on the regular is J. Cole, Drake, and I think that's it. Mm-hmm. I think those are really, unless unless it's some Tupac and Biggie on some old school type. But even when I listen to them, I listen to the clean version. Mm-hmm. I don't listen to all the cussing and provocative because I'm still careful about what I allow my spirit to take in. Yeah, and we have to be careful of what we allow ourselves to partake because there are certain artists they were posting uh, even on their their album covers demonic things, right? Mm-hmm. Saying doing doing witchcraft and all of that, and people are like, oh, that it that's nothing. That's just who they are. They don't mean, and they try to find ways to condone it and to not address what it really is, but they don't understand the more that they open themselves to that and be acceptable to that, they're changing their spirit. Yeah. And to allow the enemy to come in because I submit to you that even with COVID and all of this that's going on, oh, we just getting started. Mm-hmm. The worst is yet to come. Yeah. I know we say that the best, but the worst because the enemy, time is running if you read the book of Revelations, oh, time is winding down fast, faster than most people think. Yeah, my church right now, we're studying the rapture. We're doing a, a systematic study. So it's like, but yeah. the spirit of discernment, I agree, is very heavy. And I constantly pray for that for myself because I recognize um, how many general generational curses I had in my family that was tied into the spiritual world. And I'm grateful for it because the peace that I'm getting and the freedom that I'm mm-hmm. feeling you feel me is just life changing. You know, it's something I I never and when you when you release from it, I don't know about you. You did say like removing the desire from me was a slow process. And I imagine like the stop partying and stuff was a slow process. For me, it's like um, as I'm doing that, well, I'll be a year of no smoking weed in August. But I've been I haven't smoked weed. Yeah, in August. So I haven't touched a blunt since then. And um, but weed is a it's like a tradition in my family. Like yeah. no cap. Like my brother, I just went home for my brother's eighteenth birthday and um the the party was turned and I was just grateful to God that like I I didn't have a desire at all, like didn't even and by constantly asking God like this that was the, about the second or third time I've been home and they didn't offer me none which I'm grateful for. And I, now I'm just praying for them to be delivered from it. But like you said, it's that slow and having the faith that uh, that it'll change. How did you deal with turning around? Like, cause I, I felt I, the same thing really happened to me, like very similarly, like in 2019, I got very, very low, long story short, very, very high. 
and I literally was so high like I felt my I got flushed like my I was on fire I couldn't move and I literally felt like I was in in hell like I could feel it and I was just calling out to God and I was with my ex at the time um, a guy brother of mine and one of my friends from high school and I was like y'all like I cannot and it's scary it took me about two and a half days to recover I was so scared and mm-hmm. I was just talking I was like Lord he's just like this what you want this this where you going like you can't do this like you cannot be like this um that ever because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a scary feeling especially when you know so how do you um hard to let people go yes and no I prayed a prayer when I first came into ministry I said, Lord, remove the people in my life that doesn't mean any mean me any good, that would uh, deter me from my relationship with you, um, and to ultimately that would not uh, benefit me in any way in my growth as an individual. Mm-hmm. And so since then, God has been removing people, even people that I used to claim as best friends, all of that I was close to, hanging out all the time. He began to remove those people from my life. Some of them, it did hurt. The devil then, because he couldn't get to me that way, he started attacking my mind. Mm-hmm. It was so many spirits in that room, evil spirits, mm-hmm. demonic spirits. The devil began to attack me in my mind to where I was at the verge of, I need a smoke because this is school is stressing me out, life is stress. I need a smoke. I need a break. I need, I need a relief of something. And I was praying to God because I said, okay, Lord, you know where I'm at. You know what I'm about to do. You, you know me better than I know myself. Mm-hmm. My grandma, she was really like my best friend. And she called me. She said, Javon, what you doing? I said, "Nothing. I just got home. She said, okay, you by yourself? I said, yeah. Oh, she said, okay, the Holy Spirit just put you on my heart. She, and she began to tell me what I was dealing with, the mental attacks. The enemy playing tricks with your mind, ain't it? Because it's, it's hard to focus. You're feeling scared. And I began to say yes to everything. And I knew that nobody but the Spirit of God could have revealed this to her because, again, I told nobody about it. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew. Not even my friend, not even my roommate. And on that phone call, she prayed over me, prophesied it. And she told me, she said, listen, this is what I need you to do. I need you to, when you go back, I need you to take your Bible. I need you to open it to the 91st Psalm. Leave it open. Right, leave it out on public, leave it open, and then I need to take your anoint oil and anoint every exit, every window, whatever it is, anoint your bed, anoint yourself. And I need you to really pray against these demonic spirits. Now she prayed for me over the phone, but she said you have to pray. Because mm-hmm. you have the power, you know the power that you possess. I went back, my roommate, he thought I was kind of strange because everybody, every girl he brought back, they would see it because I had my Bible on my bed. Every morning, I make my bed up, leave my Bible on my bed, start the day on the word, end the day on the word. Mm-hmm. Even when I go to sleep, it was on my desk. And I began to see that shift, that difference. I began to feel that weight and pressure lift off of me. Because mm-hmm. if the enemy cannot get you one way, he will find another way to get you. Mm-hmm. But it's important to have someone who is mature in the word who is rooted in the word that you can confide in and that can help you in your darkest hour because i went through what i went through because god has took me 
through what I need to go through, I can now help people and tell them, listen, this is how I got through it. And if I can get through it, God done saved me from it. He can do the same for you. Now, it may not be the same exact route because we have to be careful. Mm-hmm. God, even though he may deliver us from the same thing, how he do it will be different from each other, right? Because mm-hmm. when David was about to go fight Goliath, Saul was about to give him the armor that the men wear. David said, I'm not ready for that. I can't, because you can't wear other people's armor when you go into battle. Mm-hmm. However, my story, my testimony can help you overcome. And so that's what we have to keep in mind. I wouldn't take nothing from my journey now. It was Amen. all meant, and it all worked out and is working out. Mm-hmm. for my good mm-hmm. yeah i i definitely you just dropped so many gems as i expect it's really important to emphasize like finding somebody that's more mature in your walk but um having what your what your grandma said is so important like you can't you can't you can't have people pray over you you pray over a lot of people but you got to emphasize that um you got to want it for yourself too and just go to god just as you are and he'll guide you and show you the way to release you from what's what's keeping you bound in order to get you to your purpose. Um, so that's definitely that's definitely you you uh you preached to me honestly a little bit through this because uh, this past Tuesday I had a therapy session and I was like officially diagnosed as depressed for the first time and I literally was like it's another thing I knew something was going on so having that first official uh, diagnosis it was clarity and that whole day after I literally was just praising God and thanking God for this next battle honestly I was just like I'm I know what it is but I know that my God is going to get me through mm-hmm. so um the fact that you experienced it and you told me some stuff that helped I wrote it down for myself I had a feeling yesterday um I was looking on I was about to shop on Amazon and I some anointing oil popped up and my spirit was like, you need to get that. And I was like, mm, I don't think I need anointing oil for my house, but that kind of, that just confirmed it. So I'm about to go get some. Uh, don't get it to shit. Wait. Well, I was going to ask my pastor tomorrow too about it, but. You know, well, my, I was going to get everybody some, but that's what I'm saying. Don't get it to shit. Oh, me. okay. Yeah. Give me some. I love gifts. Go ahead. Because yeah, uh, once we, after all this, for truth seekers, and I know this is kind of going off topic. For those who mm-hmm. don't know, I am the campus minister for Truth Seekers Campus Ministry at Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once all of these events is over, next lesson, um, talking about prayer and healing, because that's the reason why I'm bringing everybody anointing oil. Um, even though we know that there's no physical power in the oil, there is spiritual power. Yeah, there really is. And, um, my church, so, we um for every time, every Sunday, I'm on the praise team now, and we anoint ourselves with oil. And it's weird, but I feel the difference sometimes when I run super, super late and I forget to do the oil. Mm-hmm. And I feel the difference when I yeah. start and I have to be like, oh, hold up, let me go get my oil because I, yeah, I feel it. Um, that's something, oh, and yeah, that's something yeah. super small that people don't even know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because my, my eye, and I didn't even know she did this because she just told me this a few weeks ago. She said every morning before she get up, go to work, even exercise, every morning she read her scripture because she got her Bible set by her bed on her nightstand. Mm-hmm. Got the oil in the Bible. She said every morning I wake up and I anoint myself before I even start my, before I do anything else, touch the phone, mm-hmm. anything. I pray, read my word, and anoint myself. 
And uh, some people, they will say, well, that's just enriched, that's works, but you don't understand those small things can really make the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and, and I wanted to touch base on how your therapist diagnosed you as depressed or experienced depressed. Um, even though it's good to identify what is wrong, you never want to label yourself as that. Yeah. Because the Bible says that life and death lies in the power of your tongue. Mm-hmm. Too many times what people say, even whether if it's true or not, we take that and we put that and label that as ourselves. But then we have to remember, okay, even though they say that, what does God say I am? Mm-hmm. He says I'm more than a conqueror. So I wouldn't say that I am depressed. I'm just battling the spirit of depression. It's just that spirit is trying to attack me. I'm not that. I'm just dealing with it right now. Mm-hmm. Because I will soon be delivered and freed from it. Because again, who the sun sets free is free indeed. And so we have mm-hmm. to be careful. And I don't want people to think that I'm against therapy. Actually, that's what I'm going for to get my master's to be a therapist. I'm not mm-hmm. against therapy, but as believers in Christ, we have to be careful of what we put over ourselves and what we label ourselves after even other people. We have to be careful what we, what we label other people as. Yeah. Um, because all of that, even again, even though that's the smallest thing, people don't think about it, that can make the biggest difference mm-hmm. in how you view yourself and even how you view God. Mm-hmm. So we just have to be uh, careful about that. But yeah. Next I'm- question. You always, you're always challenging me. You always be like, let me challenge you on that. But I really appreciate it. And um, I'm glad that you're going to be a therapist. My therapist, the lady that I just found, um, she's a, she's a Christian-based therapist. And this has the, I've been very grateful for her because that's exactly how she expressed it too. Um, and it's important. We need more, we need more people of God in therapy now that mental health is being something that's more normalized. It's important. It's really important because you think you can go for some help. Like one of my last therapists, she was very helpful, but it got to the point where it was going against my spiritual beliefs. Like she'd be like, well, if you want to do this, it's all right. And I'm like, it's not all right though. Like, you know, let's, that's not what the word of God says. So I'm glad and I'm going to be praying for you that you go ahead and get what you need. What's the next thing you need to be a therapist? I need my master's in social work. So I'm applying to grad school right now. To get that and actually at the same time um if god be willing i'm going to get my certification as a substance abuse therapist as well because mm-hmm. um, i want to work in both fields um, but just like how you say you have to change therapists i often tell people if you're going to seek a therapist seek therapy all of that you have to get you a christian therapist specifically mm-hmm. reason why i say that because it's good to have somebody that can help you navigate your issues, but also it's good to have somebody that know the power of prayer. Mm-hmm. Because when you just go to a regular therapist or counselor, most of the time, clinically, what they would do, they would just prescribe you opioids, which is drugs, just to numb your pain and say, okay, take this. It'll help you deal with it and all of that. It's not helping you. It's just numbing you. Mm. And the, severe, the more severe your diagnosis becomes, then they'll just up your dosage. But when you go to a Christian therapist, for one, if you do the research, that has a more success rate than regular therapy, than a regular mm-hmm. therapist, for one. As well as 
not only are we recognizing your issues, okay, we recognize that this is what you're going through, this is what you're dealing with. Now let's take it to God together. Mm-hmm. Let's read what the word says about it. That's the ba- that's the biggest difference because God has placed everybody here for us to help one another. However, at the end of the day, even though we're helping, giving gems, not whatever you want to call it to each other, at the end of the day, together in unity, we still have to go before the throne of grace and say, God, this is the issues that we're facing. This is what we're struggling with. We know the book says this. We understand it. We thank you for it. We thank you for the knowledge. But now we need your intervention in our lives. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was good for me. Thank you, Holy yeah. Spirit. <laughs> Amen That to was that. good for me. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's true. That's true. That's definitely true, though. Especially now that um, therapists, you know, that's a a therapist, a psychiatrist. Those are people that really they the on, their only job is to listen to you and to help you out. So sometimes I know, like when I first started seriously with my walk with God, my therapist was the only person besides God that I really told everything to. So if you can start off with that, with a Christian-based therapist, I definitely recommend. It's hard to do. Sometimes they're hard to find, but there are more out there, and it's definitely worth it. Because, um, yeah, I, my therapist, he prayed to get that in. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, you yeah. know, I, I'm definitely grateful to God for the therapist I had before because, you know, those are the steps I needed. Yeah. But a, a Christian-based therapist really has changed the yeah. game. Yes, yeah, it, it, it definitely is me. As a matter of fact, um, not too long ago, one of my mom's co-workers, because uh, she knows I'm in the field of psychology, going to be therapist, get my master's. And she asked my mom, she said, well, do your son, what type of insurance will he take for his sessions? I'm like, girl, I ain't, I, I ain't official. Just legally, I, I'm not official. And even though, let me be careful. Even though legally, I cannot give you a diet because I, I, I don't diagnose people. Um, I don't charge and all of that, but I open myself to still be willing to hear people, right? Yeah. Even though I, because I know I don't have all the answers. Nobody has all the answers, mm-hmm. but I would do my best to help you, to see God, see what he says about it, to pray with you, pray for you. And even when I feel as though I've gone as far as I can, I thank God for the resources to help other people say, okay, this is what I can do for you. We went here, we did this. Now go talk to this person because they can help you much better mm-hmm. than I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and just these past two years, and actually this week, I thank God for connecting with a black male Christian therapist mm-hmm. um, who, and if anybody need them, I can always send you their DMs on, on Instagram um, because mm-hmm. it's good to be connected to those people, right? Mm-hmm. Who, again, who know God, who know the power of prayer. Uh, who knows the word of God and would not just numb your pain, but help you get to the root of the issue. Yeah. And that's, that's another conversation because of too many times we like to numb our pain instead of dealing with it mm-hmm. and think that numbing it is healing. That ain't healing and you're just numbing it mm-hmm. because real healing, real healing is painful. Mm-hmm. Real healing means that you have to relive those traumatic experiences. And real healing means that you're going to experience the same hurt you did from the people that abused you, misused you, violated you, hurt you. You're going to feel all of that as if it happened yesterday. However, it has to happen in order for God to completely heal you from it. Come on. 
Y'all dream about to make me cry for like the third time. I've been holding it back, but no, I'm, I'm, I want you, I want you to think about it like this. If you if you bruise yourself, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give myself as an example. I remember when I was young, you know how everybody got the one childhood scar. Mm-hmm. Where yours at? Oh, go. Mine <laughs> is. I ooh, I felt that when I said it. I'm trying to keep calm, but mine is on my uh, my knee. Mm-hmm. I never forget it. I, I scraped myself. I was wearing, I think it was in the summertime. It had to be in the summer because I scraped myself on my knee and whatever. And it was, it's this big scar on my, on my kneecap. And i never forget when I had the scar at first, it hurt. It, mm-hmm. it hurt bad. I didn't even want to move my knee. But then over time, uh, it began to heal. I had to put a bandage over it, right, to cover it. But then some people know that in order for, uh, and Minister Hayes mentions this, this past Thursday, in order for uh, bruises to heal, you have to take the bandages off and let the air hit it for it to heal completely. So I take the bandages off and even in the process of the healing, if I was to bang my knee still against something, right, mm-hmm. it would still hurt. It would take me back to that moment when I when, when I first bruised it. But over time, when the scabs began to develop and, and the skin began to replenish, the pain started to go away because I had to go through that process of healing. And people who who had scars and all that, you know, when you get the scabs, they start itching. So then you start mm-hmm. want to scratch and everything, then just make it worse. And you taking it back to where it first was. But over time, when you let it heal completely and not bother it, right? Just mm-hmm. let it do what it needs to do. And you heal, even though you no longer have that pain, you still have that scar. You follow where I'm going? Mm-hmm. Even though you are healed, so many of us, we're still healed. God has healed us, but we still have the car to remind us of the pain that we dealt with. Yeah, It's not to take you back to that moment for you to feel depressed, feel down and all of that, but that scar is to remind you what God did for you. Mm-hmm. That he was able to take that pain, that hurt, that frustration, the depressed, the anxiety, whatever it may be, he was able to take that and to completely heal. Was the healing painful? Yes, it was. Was it a process? Yes, it was. But even though I may have that scar, as old people used to say, I'm, I don't look like what I've been through. Because mm-hmm. you don't know what it took for me to get the scar for it to completely heal. You, If you used to see me, you probably see the scar, but you don't understand the story behind it. Right. So healing is a process. Healing takes time. Healing, pe- most people think, okay, I'm going to heal from this over time. Let me tell you something. You can't heal from your issues with weed. You can't heal mm-hmm. from your issues with sex. You cannot you heal can't. with your issues with alcohol. Some people, their coping mechanism to heal from their issues is to be surrounded by any and everybody, right? It's mm-hmm. to be in a relationship. But if you have gotten your heart broken time and time again, it's time for you to sit down, leave everybody alone, be by yourself and to be with God. Mm-hmm. You can't, because when you have all those interferences coming to you, you numb yourself and distract yourself from really dealing with the root cause. Yeah, and even I'm at, I'm slightly interrupt and add on to that. No, go ahead, go ahead. But go ahead. When, when you said that, the reality is all those things, the sex and the weed and the drugs, is nothing but banging yourself up against the knee, while while because it's not your scar isn't healed. The Hello? initial thing that hurt you is not healed. And yeah. in the morning, the next morning, it's just mm. you banging yourself up against with the knee, up against your knee again. That's really all it is. 
And can't nothing heal you, but like you said, opening that band-aid, being vulnerable, letting God know, I need you to heal me. Mm-hmm. And letting him letting him put the resources in your life to work through that and really heal it. So like you said, to where um it ain't nothing but a scar. Right. Because I tell people all the time, if you look if you ask if you look at a drug addict or alcohol, I'm gonna use those two as an example. As kids, they never told you it. All the time in schools, we they ask us, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" Most people say, "I want to be a doctor, I want to be an engineer, mm-hmm. uh, I want to be like Beyonce, right? I want to be a basketball player, football player." You know, just something. It's always something positive. However, something in along their journey in their life had to happen for them for them to end up where they are. They never said, "I want to be a drug addict when I grow up. I want to be addicted to weed, cocaine, meth." heroin i I never i want to be addicted to alcohol i want to be a a sex addict right addicted to sex i want to be addicted Mm -hmm. to porn they never said i want to be addicted to these things but something in their life happened for them to end up where they are now but here's the thing if you can take them back to where they was what it where it happened at who did it who introduced them to them to it all of that if you can take them back to that moment you can take them to the healing because you yeah. got to go back first where in order for God to fully deliver me from weed, it didn't stop when I cried out to him and said, Lord, take the desire and taste out of my mouth. It happened when I went back to what took place to where I desired that. What happened in my life to where I, I, I just want to go ahead and smoke and drink? What, what happened in my life to get me to that point? Right? Mm-hmm. When I addressed that, when I recognized it, even though it brought back some bad memories and pain, it helped me to fully heal and to be delivered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I 100% agree with you because it was, uh, oof, yeah, you, <laughs> you just got me thinking about life. I'm just so grateful ooh, that, that That was, listen, that was for me right there. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because that, that was for me right there. But it's true. Me- People don't really recognize that the walk with God is um it's not easy. It's not easy, but it's it's worth it because you either you either go numb yourself like you said, or you're gonna really go through the pain and then never have to hurt again. Because mm-hmm. that's just I, I know I remember that. Like I've had like two years ago when I first started therapy, we it, I remember dealing with my daddy issues and dealing with my mama issues. I'm just thinking about those sessions and Really, but once I dealt with that, it just it opened my eyes to why I was doing the things that I was doing and how mm-hmm. I was hurting myself. And after that, it was after you healed from that, mm-hmm. you really you really get the tools and then you get the strength to say no to the temptation because yeah. you no longer you recognize that that ain't nothing but numbing you. So. Yeah. Even Ooh. with generational curses, to overcome those curses, mm-hmm. you got to go back to the root of the problem. You got to address it. Yeah, you got to have those uncomfortable conversations. conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I had to have so my mother, like between my freshman year, probably to from twenty sixteen to like twenty eighteen, my mm-hmm. mom was just she she would just always be like, "Why you keep doing this white stuff? Why you keep doing this white stuff?" And I'm like, "Mama, we have to have these talks for me." Like, and that that was us breaking those, cur- like, that was me breaking that curse from all of the uh, family abuse, the, the years of sexual abuse, the years of physical abuse and verbal abuse. Like, I had to have those talks with her and with my dad. And I'm grateful, like, when my dad passed away, 
my mom and my family, I was the most, I'm for sure, I was the most calm one out of all the kids and set kids. Mm-hmm. But I seen my dad the least the last couple of years of his life. And people was like, why are you so chill? Like, and the day of my dad's funeral, I was completely sober that day. Like, I was still smoking weed around the time, but I chose to not smoke weed on that whole day because I needed God. And that's what I told them. Like, they like, you don't want to smoke weed? No, I need, only God can get me through this day. But regardless of that, um, like, the, the Christmas before he passed, uh, we had a talk and I had showed him like the letters that I wrote and during therapy and stuff and I was healed so like even though I didn't get everything that I the dream daughter daddy daughter stuff from my dad I was okay because we had those conversations and I healed from it and mm-hmm. after that I already had my heavenly father to lean on so I was able to um be grateful I was able to be grateful for his death and his death really was the catalyst of me changing like getting being completely seriously double weed because once once the fact that I was able to go through the funeral it was like a note in my head I was like if I can go this whole day and really be okay and even after that I was like I can't Lord I, I already knew I, it's like you already know though when you go right, God, right. you already know and it's just like are you gonna that's when God was like okay you know I got you I got you no matter what so I'm just grateful to the Lord that he's always there and Jesus is always willing. And that's why I tell people that come to me now, like my sisters and my friends and my family, I'm like, I'm not even, I, no, nah, I'm not even doing nothing. I'm not no pastor. You know, I don't, I don't do none of that, but I recognize that um, we are, we are images of Jesus in this world. So when people come to me and they tell me stuff, I try not to be, yeah, I try not to have judgment. And I just tell them, like, no matter where you at, no matter what you're doing, God is willing. God's waiting. He's yeah. right there for you. And um, you just got to be open and intentional, and he'll show you the way for real, for real. Yeah. And oftentimes when I meet people, for one, I no matter who I meet, I never tell them that I'm a minister. I tell them I'm a pastor. Mm-hmm. Reason why? Because when you put your titles in front of you, some people they place those stereotypes. They start thinking, oh, this person, they're going to think like they're going to be judging me all that. I'm not here to judge you. As a matter of fact, when people come to me with their issues, with whatever they're dealing with or battling, it reminds me of myself, where mm-hmm. I was. And a part of me begins to smile because they think, oh, it's all over, ain't nothing good. But I'm like, you just don't know the God that I serve. Mm-hmm. That he's bigger than this, right? That he's he's able to set you free if you're able to allow him in. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't, a lot of people say, well, you should tell people who you are and all of that. Get recognition. People see the recognition and all of that, but I don't do that. I want people to see me. Let me rephrase it. I don't even want them to see me. I want them to see the God in me. Mm-hmm. I want my life to be able to be that example. And for you to see the God that I serve It's one thing to talk about it. But it's another thing to live it. Mm-hmm. and I want people to see God by the way that I live, how I act how I talk, how I operate I ain't perfect, I mess up I fall short, may say do things that ain't right, but then I'll get myself together, come back repent, and ask for forget, that's another thing and I know we out of time but uh, <laughs> it's alright <laughs> I know we out of time, but one thing that we have to do, because one of the questions that you asked 
is what would I tell young believers? Mm-hmm. It would have to be to trust God and learn to forgive people. Mm-hmm. Reason why I say forgive people, and I'm heavy on forgiveness. So many times, people, outside people in the world, they claim that the church is judging them, Christians are judging them. However, they don't realize that they're really judging us. Because they say, well, they it's people in church who still smoke weed, they still cuss, they still do all of that. But what you don't realize is that we come to church, we come to church because we're all still broken. We're looking for a savior, mm-hmm. right? We know we ain't right. We know we still got some habits got, that God is still working on us and within us. However, we have the common sense to know that we can't live or operate without him. Mm-hmm. that we can't get right without him so yes I'm going to be in church I still thank God he delivered me from slapping people upside the head you it, was people. <laughs> it was time your hands are big about, I don't want to get slapped by it was a time not only was I slap you but I'll say I'll meet you where you at you say something sideways I'll meet you where you at say something sideways back God has really ch- I'm telling y'all God has changed and this ain't pre this ain't pre-ministry this is during ministry because right. I was like, because when he called me, I said, God, you know. You right. know how I am. Because I'll cuss you out in a minute and not think twice about it. Mm-hmm. But again, it was part of that growth, that change, that development within me. But not only did I have to trust God and surrender my life to him completely, mm-hmm. but also I had to be willing to forgive those who hurt me. Mm-hmm. And that's a part of your healing process because if you can't forgive those who hurt you, for one, you can't expect God to forgive you of your sins when you sin against him. He says, mm-hmm. you have to be willing to forgive those of their trespasses as just as I forgive you of yours. Mm-hmm. It's a two-way thing. And forgiveness, when you really learn how to forgive people, when I tell you that weight, that pressure removes off, oh, it feels like you're taking a brand new fr- uh, breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. It, it feels good because the ones that you hold in that grudge and animosity against they're going on with their lives however you're still reliving it you're still talking about it you're still mm-hmm. rehashing it and you want to know when you truly forgave someone that the mention of their name does not change your mood mm-hmm. that if they're in the same room with you your atmosphere does not change Yeah, and even not only when you forgive people, but when people are supposed to forgive you for what you did to them, whether they receive it or not, you're supposed to say, listen, what I did was wrong. I know I may have offended you, said anything out the way or did anything. I pray that you will forgive me. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think they have to accept that forgiveness in order for you to move on. No, they don't. Mm-hmm. My job is to repent to you, mm-hmm. ask for your forgiveness. Now, if you don't forgive me, that's on you because you're going to deal with that. I'm free, mm-hmm. bro. I did my part. Mm-hmm. But we have to start forgiving people. No yeah. matter who it is, no matter what it did, no matter what they did, because if God is able to forgive us, the Bible says no sin is greater than the other. Mm-hmm. If God is willing to forgive the murderers, the liars, mm-hmm. the adulterers, prostitutes, drug addicts, mm-hmm. rapists, Whatever it is, if he's willing to forgive them of their sins, then who are you to hold somebody hostage to what they did to you? Mm-hmm. 
if Jesus was able to forgive those who were crucifying him on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You ain't never been nailed to a cross. Mm -hmm. Nobody has not went to that degree to take your life. So you should be able to forgive them. Mm -hmm. Not for them, but for you. For you, yeah. And I feel like that's um, that's one of the hardest things that the world just refuses to swallow because especially woo, now like friendships family you everybody like well I'm mad because they did this and they did that and they did this and they did that and now you don't even realize you got this yeah. textbook of offenses on your heart and it's affecting your entire life your every single yeah. way of being and especially like in dating relationships now I feel like that's why people can't never find their partners because they just refuse to forgive people and that's what Jesus did for us. So Yeah. And not only find your partners, but most of the people that I ask, I'm going to give my grandparents as an example. They were married for 55 years. Mm-hmm. Been together, long, I believe, longer than that, 56, 57 years. Um, they married young. My grandmother, she was 17 when she got married. Yeah, that's back in the uh, day. That's, that's, you don't do that. They <laughs> don't do that no more. We ain't doing that nowadays. But anyway... <laughs> Uh, and I used to ask, I said, what, how did you sustain your marriage, right? Mm-hmm. They said, for one, we base our marriage by the word of God from a biblical standpoint. Mm-hmm. We have to have the love as well as you have to be able to forgive. So many people, especially the people that God has called to your life, we're so quick now you have to, this is where you really have to have the spirit of discernment because God does not want you no not just in relationship but anyone in your life to come into your life to cause you any harm or disservice right mm-hmm. because even in a relationship or marriage he does not want you tied to someone who's going to abuse you physically mentally emotionally that's going somebody that's going to cheat on you all of that however you still have to be willing to forgive them mm-hmm despite the mistakes, despite what they may say or do, but why should I forgive them? Why can't I just move on to the next? Because what if you did something to them mm-hmm. and you didn't mean it mm-hmm. and you are sincere about your apology and your regret towards you, you will want them to forgive you. You got to display that. Mm-hmm. that this, life is an ongoing thing about forgiving people because I guarantee you, you may think everybody cool with you. You like your friends. I guarantee if you ask your friends right now, there was something that you have said or did recently that offended mm-hmm. them that they didn't like, but mm-hmm. they was able to forgive you despite it. But because they did it to you and you didn't like it, now you're holding that grudge. No, let it go. Move on. I forgive feel like that was, a, that was a self-check for somebody for you to say that because that's sometimes people wonder like, I, don't, I ain't got no friends. I ain't got, well, let's, let's look at that. What's going yeah. on? Because if that? everybody's a problem, here's, mm-hmm. here's why I'm careful of the people. If you always playing the victim, everybody else is the issue, and you ain't checking yourself, something's mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. Everybody ain't the problem. And I tell people all the time, if you're going to be my friend, I don't need yes men. Because there may be moments where I may be wrong and not realize it. I need you to be able to hold me accountable. Check me, if that's the right. With right. love, because we got to do it with love. If it ain't love in it, then, then it ain't no purpose in it. However, mm-hmm. you got to be able to hold me accountable. Same way with you. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, 
two-way street, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you can't if you can't handle that, if you don't like that, then I got to move on from you. Yeah, I think that's a good key too, and um, and that's how you know you got a good friendship or a good relationship with somebody. They should be able to let you know the real when you fall short, and you should be able to accept it with love mm-hmm. and really evaluate it. Now, don't sometimes you know because we all are human, so sometimes you take it. Like, I take it, and I pray to God about it and ask God, like, you know, is this really, is this really something I need to change and help me change it? But, uh, yeah, you can't just automatically just be cut off. Man, just being a woman, I just have to, it, it'd be a lot dealing with when yeah. women sometimes have that unfortunate thing. But I just pray for them and keep it pushing. Yeah. Whew, okay. <laughs> this has been a blessing. Okay, so where can these people find you because I know I know people are going to want to hear more from you so shout out all your handles and and your church you already did it at the beginning but let's do it at the end too so you can follow you can really follow me on any social media uh, platform and my first and last name Javon G-E-R-V-O-N last name Tucker mm-hmm. uh, Instagram Facebook Twitter TikTok um, and you can also follow me on my church pages uh, Facebook page, Christian Faith Outreach Ministry, uh, Instagram page, Christian Faith OM, as well as our campus ministry page, True Seekers Campus Ministries, um, Instagram, Twitter, uh, True Seekers CM, and also if you want to bless us, it's uh, <laughs> True Seekers CM, dollar sign, True Seekers CM on Cash App too. Help these college kids. Amen. Praise okay. God. If you uh, felt if you felt you got a gem from him this tonight, please give a love offering to the Cash App. Yes, but uh, I, I I know I know we went over to I went over time. I know you're gonna probably have to edit some of this out because I, I I am my grandfather's grandson because I go on the tangent too many times. You for but. sure you for sure a pastor, but you you it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. This is a chicha. I really enjoy having this conversation with you, and I know. Well, I got blessed tonight. I really appreciate it. And I know that uh, once it's come out, you, it's going to be a blessing to so many people. So you could have, we could have kept going for hours and hours, but my phone was almost about to die. So I had to. Yeah, too. We may have to do, we, we may have to do a part two soon. Oh, yes. I'm for sure going to have you on. You're about to be a reoccurring uh, guest for me. I'm going to have to, look, I'm about to set a cash app for you. I'm about to send you a love offering. No, <laughs> Like, all right, can that. I book you real quick? Just <laughs> no, but I and I and, and I just real quick before we get up, I just really want to commend you and thank you for this because especially in today's time, having these podcasts, something that's positive, shedding light, most importantly, that is projecting Christ is something that is vital and is needed. And I know that how you said earlier, you know, you're in the past, you're in the minister. However, God can use all of us, no matter our titles, no matter the positions, no matter what area we may serve in. He can use all of us at any moment, at any time. Just like Moses, because too many times we give exam, I mean, give excuses. Moses, he told God, I can't speak. Mm. Right. Um, I forget. I, I forget. It was another person in the Old Testament. They said, well. God, I'm 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 a child. They ain't gonna listen to me. He said, "Don't worry about them." Too many times we think we have to have these big titles in order for God to use us. He ain't got it. You ain't, he don't need all that. People need that. He don't. Yeah. He can use a lease up. God can use a donkey to get His word out. 
to do what needs to be done. So I just want to commend you on that. And I thank you for it, uh, for, for inviting me on um, and thinking about me. But most importantly, I thank you for this platform. And I know that God is going to take this and catapult it to something that you probably haven't even dreamt or thought of. Because mm -hmm. the Bible says, eyes have not seen nor ears heard, neither has it entered to the hearts of men the things that God has prepared for us. And I'm yeah. done talking. We can go ahead and give a benediction. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, we need to pray. We need to pray. <laughs> we pray on my podcast. We pray it out for the people that's going to listen. Um, so I'm going to pray us out. Um, whew, listen, I, you really almost made me cry today. And I just need to suck it up. We're going to get it together. Okay. Lord, Father, God, I thank you for this time. Thank you for being in the space in the area right now. Thank you, God, for another successful episode. Um, I pray for everybody that is listening that they really take heed. They re-listen to anything, any part of this episode that touched them, Father. I pray um, for my guest host. Thank you so much for guiding him and leading him and bringing him to this moment. Continue to bless him and cover him throughout all of his endeavors as he leads his church as he leads uh, his ministry on campus and as he just becomes a greater man of God for you, Lord. And please continue to bless me. Please continue to cover me as I am trying to live the purpose that you gave me, God. And until my next episode is posted, please never leave my presence, never leave anybody else's presence. And thank you, God, for just blessing us and being with us throughout this journey of life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. y'all i hope first of all if you made it to the end of this thank you very much you are appreciated i am so so sorry for the lateness of this posting honestly i can come up with a million excuses but excuses are for the incompetent so i just want to sincerely apologize they will be coming more frequently again and I just hope it blessed you. I hope it blessed you. If this is the first time you're listening to the podcast, go back to the other two episodes of the testimony. I have great things lined up, great things in store. Make sure if you don't, but you probably do. But if you don't follow me on Instagram, that's where I mostly post the new podcast. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to make a, a TikTok for the podcast for the Golly Chit Chat but I'm not sure. Y'all let me know which one y'all would like, a TikTok or an Instagram or a Facebook. I really don't want to make an Instagram, but I will. I don't have no problem doing that. Just so we can chat, you know, we're getting kiki together. So I pray that this finds you well. I pray that this message transform you. And until next time, I love y'all. And don't forget to forgive. Bye.